Hello! This is Khalees, and this is Khalees Exists, and it is the 12th of the of April 2020. I'm here with Roy Stewart, my friend, writer, director, filmmaker, uh, owner of a cat. How you doing, man? You all right? How you doing? I'm all right. Uh, so me, just so everyone knows, me and Roy have tried to do this several times now, and the internet hates us, uh, or at least it's... I've only used this app like once before, so it might be the app. We don't know. But uh, this is like take 100. So uh, <laughs> we might end up like accidentally referencing stuff we talked about that you'll never hear. But we'll see how it goes. Have you uh, mm-hmm. have you done a lot of Zoom, like family Zoom chats? Oh, yeah, I've done a few. Like we did, I did like a pub quiz with my family or... Uh, on my birthday on Sunday, it was like a normal, like it would be with my family. It was like everyone like squabbling in their like individual videos. Like, oh, it's not that. That's not the answer. Oh, no, no. You go too fast. Repeat the question. And like my mum, like my mum and my two sisters on one camera and then the rest of us on different cameras being like, hurry up. And they're like, oh, no, no, there's 12, 12 drafts on a draft board. No, no, no there's 18. Um, so that was quite amusing. <laughs> was there like a... Uh... Any any like particular questions that you nailed or? Um, I'm trying to think. I did like they did a round of eighties movies, which was was easy. So I we've done some with um with some of my friends as well, also like people I used to live with. And uh, I, I don't know about you, but I get really annoyed with myself if I can't answer a movie question. If there's a film question I can't do, I get really annoyed with myself because it's like the only good, it's the only thing I'm good at. So, like, when I can't do that, I'm like, no, I've got to. Otherwise, I'm useless. <laughs> yeah, it's quite... But they're never about the movies that you want them to be about. I've got a really good uh, pub quiz movie question. Do you want to see Do you want to see if you can get it? Yeah, let's do it. And we'll give the listeners a little minute to think about it too, maybe. <laughs> um, and and this, could, this could not be true anymore, but it definitely was true at one point. What's the what's the highest growing grossing highest grossing in this is how you do a pub quiz as well you sort of mispronounce it and start again yeah <laughs> and actually the mic should be like I should be like way too close to the mic <laughs> um, but yeah so it's what's what's the highest grossing independent film in America of all time I'm gonna go for my big fat Greek wedding no oh is it a Terminator two no you're never gonna get it it's i'll give you one more guess the empire strikes back no it's teenage mutant ninja turtles the movie oh is it independently funded oh yeah that's funny so there you go you can impress your friends with that (laughs) they'll think you're really cool that's my um, favorite of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles sort of live action trilogy because about halfway through the film um, they all get, they sort of get their, you know, they get their asses handed to them. Yeah. And then they like drive out to the countryside and like, I don't know if they rent it or I think it's maybe like April O'Neil's family house in the countryside or something like where she grew up. Something like that. One of them just lies in a bath and has depression and she like sketches them all. Yeah. And it's like, it just turns into like a very different film for about <laughs> 10 minutes. It's very wistful and it's quite, yeah, it's quite like, um, 
just you know a sort of thing that i feel like couples in in the sort of like late 70s would go and see what sort of love story kind of tone and then it gets back to you know um the teenage mutant ninja turtles doing karate on children (laughs) (laughs) yeah well because in in the it's golden harvest obviously made all the like hong kong martial arts films and stuff um and like bruce lee movies so um like in the first one i think like it's quite the fight scenes are quite violent apparently like in the second one they didn't use any weapons like they had to use like sausages instead of nunchucks and stuff because it was too violent yeah there's a great sequence in the second one where uh, a pizza delivery boy who's also very good at kung fu, karate, etc., does a sort of like sequence of beating people up using his sort of pizza boxes and yeah. yeah. I, I remember thinking it was the coolest thing ever. I used to love those films when I was Oh, me too. Me too. And then the uh, vanilla ice cameo. Yep. Yeah. Go ninja, go ninja, go. Go. <laughs> Yeah, that was a good song. It was a good song. Uh, I remember really wanting to see, to see the third one when I was a kid because I never saw it. Turtles in Time. Yeah. It's not as good. It's the weakest of the, th- of the three. <laughs> Secrets of the Ooze, which I believe is the subtitle of the second one. It is. It's um, amazing and has... It was quite scary as well. And there's a bit in a junkyard. Um, oh, yeah, with the weird creatures they've made. Well, they come into the junkyard and it's really quiet. And then Michelangelo says a line, and I'll never forget this. He says, it's quiet, too quiet. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, yeah, that's like a cool thing to say. Like, I remember thinking that was quite cool. <laughs> I think actually there might even be like a like another joke on top of it where it's like someone's like, oh, pizza. And then someone's like, two pizza. But I can't, <laughs> I can't recall. I do not recall. Um, I wonder if you could like get away with like, these days like having a kid show where like the characters all they eat is pizza i feel like now it'd have to be like we really love broccoli or something i feel like they'd have to like make you're it more quite, healthy you're quite into this sort of pc going mad thing aren't you you're quite you're quite you were quite pro the whole brexit thing because you were you thought that kids would be able to eat mcdonald's at school again if that happened yeah, <laughs> yeah of course i mean a fat kid is a is a happy kid no um <laughs> I know that to be untrue. Uh, <laughs> like, you know, like Cookie Monster, the new Cookie Monster, like, uh, uh, appearances and stuff on Sesame Street, it has to be like, cookies are a sometimes food. Instead of just like forcing 400 cookies down his mouth, like, rah, 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 rah. does he say that? No, it's like, Cookie Monster have to have bad diet. Sort of, yeah. I think it's cookies are a sometimes food, is his new catchphrase. I mean, I'm all right. I'm, I'm, I'm all right with that. Fundamentally, that's, <laughs> that's all right with me. I only really started liking broccoli um, like last year, so I'm, I'm sort of all right with that. But um, he, uh, I think, more alarmingly, he, he never actually swallowed any of the cookies. So he's really, I think, the the real monster there is bulimia. <laughs> you know, I think he was sort of. That's kind of the more problematic part of it for me is like he he's obviously you know purge and binge and uh he, he's definitely not happy like he's definitely not a happy guy no oscar, <laughs> I mean, it's like that dave Chappelle thing about oscar the grouch like of course he's grouchy you know there's a quite like there's a lot of that oh uh, yeah but... yeah he lives in a bin of course he's like 
<laughs> I'm not going to be happy. Well, I, I'm trying to remember. I feel like everything on Sesame Street had a moral, though. And, like, uh, I hope everyone's enjoying this plane that's going on. I was going to say, I was like, I feel like we're recording a TV show. Plane! Oh, it's a helicopter. Ooh. Um, but, yeah, so that's really exciting, guys. You heard it here first. I mean, it sounds like you're being redacted or something. I'm expecting someone to put, like, an envelope over your head, and then you just go, boo! An envelope over my head? Yeah, like you're being redacted. Like you're being, like, shoved in a helicopter and, like, swished away to Bolivia or something. To Guantanamo Bay. Is this, is this like, the, the sort of frontline sort of MI6 guys are off, so it's the guys from the office that have, and all they have is envelopes. <laughs> I don't understand why it's an envelope. That's kind of tripping me up a little bit. I don't <laughs> All know, right, a bag. A, a bag. I wish my head would fit in an envelope. But... Well, like one of those big padded ones, I'm thinking. Like a big... Yeah. Like a sack. <laughs> yeah. Like the really, like the a, like an A3, <laughs> like uh, bubble, well, the ones with the little bubbles inside. <laughs> but the sacks have all gone for PPE. Yeah, like we don't have to... <laughs> Yeah, all the protective equipment's been used, so they have to use envelopes and whatever they've got lying about when they're <laughs> whisking people away. Uh, I um, yeah, you know what? Like, I don't know about you, but I feel slight pressure about like being in the house so much because I feel I've got like less excuse to like not do stuff in terms of like creative stuff. Like, I feel like I should. I know there's going to be loads of annoying people that like leave after like coronavirus and the lockdown. They've got like, they're amazing at the sitar. And I'm just going to be like, I'm just shitter at the things I used to be. Yeah, I don't know if I'm trying to think if I've even like made, uh, as I say, life is, maybe I didn't say this, this might have been from the deleted portion, but I said the extremely original thought of um, it's my life is the same during lockdown as it was before. Yeah. And, um, I just don't know if uh, if I have. I mean, I, I think I've been a bit better with my work, but I don't really have sort of hobby goals. Like, are you trying to learn the sitar? No, that's a good point. I'm not actually trying to learn the sitar. <laughs> like, I think if anything, I'd just like to watch more films. Yeah. And, uh, maybe, maybe like. Mm, no, I'm 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 not a very ambitious person. Um, I don't think that's true. I think you're. I think you get quite a lot done. I think. Oh, thanks. But I just mean that, like, I've never like I'd love to be able to play the piano, right? But not enough to actually learn to play the piano, right? Like, I'm quite one track. So yeah, I'm. What yeah. What? You know, like, I'm seeing, I'm, I'm seeing people cooking, which I feel like, you know. We should all be able to be able to cook, really. Uh, yeah, I mean, I found it really funny when like people were stuck buying like pot noodles and like like you know sort of easy student food because I was like, surely now is the time to cook like complicated meals now more than ever. Yeah, but you can't get the ingredients, mate. You know, got to get your uh, your artichoke hearts, and <laughs> it's all it's all gone. I I actually got the last bulb of fennel the other day and i did think who are the fennel heads <laughs> like fennel's horrible 
But you live in Balham. I, I reckon everyone buys Fano on Balham, right? I don't really get. I get quite mixed signals about. It. I still don't really understand what Balham is. Right. Like, I get. Um, I mean, there's an apparently very. For everyone I've ever told I live in Balham who's over like fifty immediately starts quoting this. I think it's the Goons. Oh uh, yeah. Um, sketch about Balham and. The idea is that it's like an advert for Balham as if it's like a, a sort of an amazing uh, sort of a location in America or something, and they call it Balham. And it's not very funny. And um, I think maybe Balham used to be a bit like run down, maybe, I guess. Because uh, okay. now I think it's like, um, it's quite nice. Someone got stabbed in front of our house, so it's not like... Oh, really? Fuck. Like right in front of it? Well, it wasn't that, but yeah, like... I was just, you know, in bed, sleeping, as you do, and then I just heard some shouting outside and went to look, and there was a guy getting... He was getting mugged, and he wouldn't give the guy's bag, and then the guy took a knife out. But it was, like, one of those knives... You know those knives you get in, a, like, a set of knives when you're a student that... Oh. It's almost like a cheese knife, like it's wavy. Oh, like a fish knife or something. Maybe a fish knife. It's, like, got wavy sides, and... um I remember seeing that come out and sort of thinking like, oh no, a knife. But then also sort of thinking like, he really would have to stab you quite hard. And then the guy just wouldn't give him his bag. And, you know, he was like, hell, hell. And everyone came out of their houses. And and then he, he the other guy just ran away. I think he like hit him with it a few times, but um, Crazy. it was quite dramatic. Anyway, I'm, so I'm surprised. I don't really know. I'm surprised you didn't come up and like, that's not a knife. This is a knife. <laughs> I should have done that, yeah. Paul Hogan did. <laughs> um, but I didn't want to get stabbed. Yeah, fair so, enough. <laughs> it was like, I don't know if I feel... I, I remember like uh, my wife saying, we should do something. And I was a bit like, you know, <laughs> I've, never, I've never been in a situation where someone's sort of pulled out a knife or started being the shit out of someone where someone else stepping in has like made things better usually. Right. Um, Cause even like, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to start talking about no. violence that I've, I've uh, witnessed, but, but I'm also, you know, I'm, I'm a coward. And, uh, <laughs> so it's not really, you know, and he was fine. He was, he was good. He got in, uh, you know, he, he kind of kept his bag and the guy ran away and uh, it was all good. But anyway, so I was just saying about Balam being right. It's a mixture uh, of yeah, like I don't. It's definitely not a shithole. No, um, but I don't. I just don't think it's really got any character whatsoever. It's just like a place, right? Uh, but then you know, you bump into people, you meet people, like normal people, and they say things about like you know, they'll say like, "Oh, he's a Balam type," <laughs> or uh, like people sort of say like, "Oh yeah, clap him." And I'm like, I don't know what Clapham is. Like, I'm not really a Londoner. Right, yeah. Um, I feel like you're a bit of a Londoner. I've been here for... I was thinking about this the other day. I've been here for like eight, nine years now, maybe. Um, and it's weird. It's because, you know, some people think I'm like from born and bred in London. I think it's because... Well, you sound like a parley king. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's because the Southampton... Southampton Accent is a mixture of like West Country and Cockney, so like you sound. I sound sometimes I end up sounding like, "Oh mate, how's it going? You're all right, hey, my old China." 
Fucking hell, apples and pears. Well, that sort of thing, you know. <laughs> I didn't really notice any change there, but. <laughs> well, there you go then. But yeah, loads of people think I'm from London. Although uh, a friend of a friend of yours at your wedding thought I was like born and bred from Scotland, which was a weird one. Was that Shaq? It's a bit of an in joke. <laughs> bit of an in joke there. It's a bit of an in joke. I don't know if I've ever mentioned Jack, but I, I should get him on the podcast. You should definitely get Jack on the podcast. Although I don't think I don't think I'm ready for it. I don't think you could do you could do a sort of um, info wars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is not good content. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's deep cuts for the Khalees uh, exists fans. Well, you sound like a Londoner. That was the, that was what you were saying, yeah. Which is weird. It's because, like, when I um, I've realised like my stress voice has changed. By that I mean, like, when I'm in, like, do you ever find your voice changes when you're in like stressful or like uncomfortable situations? Um, I don't know. I think probably at the beginning of this recording, I was speaking a lot more like that. Because that's sort of um, I sort of flatten out. I think like uh, I, it's because you want to be Ira, Gra- Ira Glass. <laughs> hey there, podcast listeners. <laughs> that's really good. Um, <laughs> that's like as far as I can take that. <laughs> but yeah, like I, I mean, I, I definitely my accent changes when I go back to Scotland. Ah, uh, yeah. Or like you know, I do the uh, the kind of like. Like, I gave an Easter egg to the Binman. Oh, yesterday. nice. Um, and I sort of took a minute before I, because they were across the road, so I had to, like, shout over to them. And I, I did do this sort of, like, middle class, like, all right, how much was it, lads? Yeah. <laughs> They're a bit old for lads. Did that kind of, and I, my Scottish came out of it. Oh, hey, guys. <laughs> got, got a wee present for you. <laughs> Just because, like, you know, you want to. You want to you want to sort of come across, you know, yeah. you know, like, hey guys, exactly. Like, we have an Easter egg left over. You're like bin people, aren't you? Like, you'd like this. <laughs> um, <laughs> and they just sort of waved at me, and, and then uh, I was like, I kind of shit it, and um, I ended up just leaving it on top of the recycling bin for them. <laughs> and then I thought, is that bad? It's the cleanest bin to leave it on, but like, <laughs> and then I thought, and then I sort of thought, like, after um, the recycling bin hadn't been emptied, and and I thought maybe I've actually sort of made an enemy of the bin men. <laughs> it's quite a curb your enthusiasm sort of first first act. It is. It is. I don't know how it would end. Probably something like I don't know, like them tipping all the garbage into your house or something, as you've got like. So I don't know if like I'm gonna get like you know sort of dead folks on my doorstep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny, man. I um I was gonna say yeah, because my voice like I remember when I used to like like go look at houses and stuff. Uh, I'd always turn into like Hugh Grant. Like I'd be like, oh, oh yes, oh, yes, terribly sorry, yes, oh, oh, oh yes, ah, hmm, yes. Like I get really British, and now. I realise they go like really geezery. Like I'm like, oh mate, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm looking at that house. Are you doing? Yeah, sort of like you. You're either one of the famous five or one of the men who are doing something bad in a famous five. 
sort of audiobook. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. I'm over the villain, the Enid Blyton villain or hero, basically. Uh, that's funny. Yeah. I was thinking about Bournemouth the other day, right? Because we both went to the arts union in Bournemouth. Do you remember? Because I'm, I'm trying to work out if I made this up or if this actually happened. But do you remember, like, the beach police? Like, if anyone's playing on the beach, they sent out, like, little blue, like, really small little blue cars. Or did I make this up? Did I imagine this or did this happen? Do you remember this? Um, that sounds made up. <laughs> I'll be honest. I don't remember. I wasn't really hitting the beach that much. Right. It was only, like, you know, like, when people end up at night, middle of the night, and be like, let's go and get drunk on the beach for no reason. And then... But I don't know if, like, I don't know if, if beach police actually exist or if I've made this up. I mean, you know... We, we will never know. Yeah, we'll never know. There's no way. Um, but I hope, <laughs> that, I hope that you can just live with the not knowing. <laughs> it doesn't, you know, destroy your brain. I don't know if I can, Rory. It might be the thing that does me in. <laughs> like, also, I was thinking, like, how... You remember how, like, if we were at a house party and, like, when police used to break them down and how disparate, like, looking back now, how none of the Bournemouth police must have had anything else to do because it was always really disproportionate. There's always, like, ten policemen come, like, kick the door down to close down, like, a slightly loud house party. Yeah, but, I mean, I feel like Bournemouth, and, and this definitely could be something that little sort of student pricks say about where they go to university. <laughs> but I just felt like... Bournemouth was like that was it like all the nightlife was just uni yes students. um and like probably that was the main I mean I felt like it was a lot of old people yeah a lot of students and that's quite a it's quite an explosive mixture <laughs> and uh yeah like you know I can see that being the main the main thing. I mean, I went to um, the National Film School, yeah, uh, the National Film and Television School in uh, Beaconsfield, which <laughs> is like a sort of little little village, I guess. Yeah, like school of like I think like Mary Berry lives there. Like that's like who lives in Beaconsfield. It's, <laughs> it's Mary Berry types, and uh, it's the Balum of I don't fucking actually even know. <laughs> like I don't really know like the areas of England even, and I lived in a lot like. Dorset? Is it in Dorset? What's, what is Dorset? Dorset. Wessex. Dorset, yeah, is where Bournemouth was. Um, well, anyway, and uh, when we lived there, it was like, I don't really feel like there was any sort of anything apart from old people. <laughs> and then the student, even the students sort of got like, there was a vodka revolution. Oh, really? And we just didn't go to that. <laughs> but, um, we did a couple of times. I remember they just kept playing like, half of a song or like a quarter of a song and then switching it <laughs> and i thought that was probably the first time i mean i was probably like maybe like 26 right i really felt old because i was like why do they keep changing the song <laughs> and i thought is this what young people like now they just <laughs> like to listen to half a song and that yeah probably was the beginning of the end <laughs> but you know i think you you sort of feel like you're. I feel like I felt like I was eighteen until probably I was about twenty six. Right. Twenty six. I've just felt about forty five. 
Uh, I know what you mean. I mean, like, oh, yeah, I switched between, like, feeling like a 12-year-old puppy. Well, not a puppy. Like a 12-year-old kid to feeling like an 8-year-old man. Like, I'm either, like, running around like, oh, my God, this is great. Or I'm, like, Victor Meldrew, like, ah, fucking kids today. Fucking Victor Meldrew. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He's, I totally forgot he existed. <laughs> Victor Meldrew. Yeah, that is pretty. Imagine, like, imagine now there being, like, a hit TV show mm. about, I guess it was, like, it was kind of like Curb Your Enthusiasm, though, wasn't it? Yeah. Actually. Yeah, pretty much. Like, I, yeah. Probably as good. Yeah, I mean, there's so many sitcoms about like old people. Yeah. Um. Oh fuck. There was that one in the old people's home called what was it Faith and something? I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, there was a lot of those back then. Uh, Last of Summer Wine or whatever, which was like really old people trying to do trying to do slapstick. Like, <laughs> uh, like, it's what you get for having four four channels. <laughs> you just you just like yeah i'll watch this this is good like i think uh you know limmy yeah the comedian scots scots funny man yeah yeah, yeah. i love um, Limmy. he said on stream the other day he was talking about canon and ball oh god and he was like they, they had a show for like 20 years yeah. or something you're just like that is purely i mean maybe we'll look back at ant and dick and say you know what the fuck yeah I mean, I get really annoyed when people go, they're the new Morecambe and Wise. It's only because of the, the only kind of famous double act, really. But, like, they don't actually do any comedy. They're quiz show hosts, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I think they peaked with PJ and Duncan. Yeah, bitch. <laughs> um, which was amazing. I, I had that on tape. I think that might have been... I'm, I know the first, the first cassette tape, the first music I ever bought, was um cartoons oh man I don't know. was the song called witch doctor or was yes it you uh were those two but, separate um, i can't remember if they were the same song or two separate songs the witch doctor yeah it's yeah the same song. it's the same song and um <laughs> and i was so excited i went to asda and bought that cassette and and the second one i bought i think or maybe it was my sister's, but I remember the cover because they had like big baggy clothes. Oh, and the plastic hair. And I honestly, I honestly think PJ and Duncan might have been when I first like became interested in hip hop. Probably. So, <laughs> so there you go. You know, you need this stuff. You need it. You can't jump straight to to. Uh, I don't know, whatever the fuck I listened to after that. But I mean, you know, they were the, they were there before grime, so. <laughs> In some ways, yeah, the progenitors of grime. <laughs> there is that horrible theory that uh, Jimmy Savile like influenced hip hop because he claimed to be the first person to mix two turntables together, and he used to wear like golden tracksuits. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I don't um, know. I don't know how I've got onto that, but maybe one of the you know most evil men to ever live. Yeah. But... <laughs> Gotta give him, gotta give him something, don't you? <laughs> uh, all right. He was like, I don't know how big was Jimmy Savile. Like, actually, someone in your childhood you remember existing? Because, like, no, not in I my really childhood. Became, yeah, I, I feel like I became aware of him through the uh, what came out. 
Yeah, I... when people were saying he was like a, a, a treasure, I was thought like, oh, was he like an English person thing? Yeah, probably. I think so. Like, like I, I remember people talking about his TV show and stuff, but I never. It was none of it was on when we were kids, really, as far as I'm aware. Um, we had more. Uh, we had more wholesome heroes like uh, uh, Dave Benson Phillips. Who? Uh, Dave Benson Phillips, do you remember it from? Uh, do you remember Get Your Own Back? Yeah, yeah, the guy from oh, that. Oh yeah, and he was on Playdates. Yes. Yeah, Playdates was good. Was it Playdates or Playdays? I can't remember. Playdays, Playdays. Yeah, Playdays. You're right. Um, and uh, I was obsessed with the guy who did Funhouse. Yeah. Oh um, fuck, he's a radio DJ in Portsmouth now. Um. Oh, what's his name? With the big blonde hair and his, and his. Yeah, he had a big mullet. Yeah, and he was. And I think he was on another um show, like a Saturday morning kind of thing, with like an aardvark. Oh, oh, it's the aardvark. Oh, it's the aardvark. Well, there's another absolutely legendary children's TV presenter, Otis from. Uh, what was it called like Cashback or? Oh, don't know if I remember that. It was. It was like a sort of consumer. Oh. Consumer, yes. Um, guide for children and it would say like oh in manchester a dairy milk bar costs 50p but in suffolk it costs 28p <laughs> so if you live in suffolk you're getting ripped off and i was like i remember really thinking like really that seems crazy like those places are miles apart it's not like you're in shanghai <laughs> and the change rate's different like why is that happening but i suppose it's like they're going to like specific shops or whatever but yeah i remember sort of like wanting to be able to go into a shop and be like this is 48p in manchester and they sort of give me the <laughs> give me the give me the money off but it never came true <laughs> oh god i forgot about that show yeah it was like watchdog for kids right yes yeah what was it fucking called though we'll never know and i remember the um the yeah because i remember them doing something on like count of it video games or something Oh my god, I remember getting my uh, PlayStation 1 chipped. Oh, you got it chipped? Got it chipped, mate. Got it chipped. Took oh. it to the, uh, took it to the, uh, the corner shop. Went went up to the guy and was like, I heard you uh, chip PlayStations and that. And he was like, yeah, 25 <laughs> quid or whatever it was. And I remember the loading screen was like a sort of 3D rendered reindeer that just spun around. <laughs> I don't even know like what I played on it played like like what copy discs on it yeah yeah i think because they then sold copies uh, of games so you'd you'd be like all right yeah give me like tech in and uh it was amazing time time in my life mate i was talking to someone about this the other day about about chipped uh places because i remember like people talking about it at school and being really jealous because like some guys like i've got like every game that was ever made because i've got my playstation chipped yeah, you know, um, I mean, actually, my uncle worked for uh, worked for Nintendo, and uh, he actually got well. He actually got me a Game Boy Three, and it's got um, Super Mario and Sonic in the same game on it. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and no, well, no, you can only get it in America. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I remember a boy told me once that he had every game's console in every game. And then this was in like high school, actually. This wasn't even really like that age. And then about five minutes later, I was sort of like, "Oh, that's that's cool. That's cool." 
and then sort of turned around, did some did some maths, and then he turned back to me and went, and once I squeezed a hamster so hard, its eyeball, eyeballs popped out. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, okay. But yeah. I wonder where that guy is now. <laughs> I wonder if those people are still like that. Like, are you just always like that? Like, or is that just a thing that kids do? Like, just fucking say mental shit to people. It's weird, isn't it? I think, I think kids definitely do it more. But then some of them probably just develop into compulsive liars, I would imagine. I was a bit like that when I was a kid. I would just say crazy shit, I think. But I do that less so now, unless it's on the podcast. Yeah, I mean, do you have any like, do you have any like stories? that you tell that are like kind of your you know your back you know like i i've got a story that will go well in this situation that you pull out over and over but it's just kind of half fucking lies uh maybe you don't want to admit to that you don't really want to admit to that on the podcast do you i don't have any like stories that are like mainly lies like you maybe embellish it a tiny bit but not really like i always find that cheating a little bit like there's, it's. I mean, like I was on stage and a guy did this really amazing story. I'm not going to say it because some people might be, know who the comedian is I'm talking about. But it's like an open mic guy, and everyone like it was a really good story. And then afterwards, I was like, "Is that true?" And it was like, "No, it's completely made up." And I always sort of felt a bit like I was like, "I feel like that's cheating a little bit," like because it, it wasn't like it was like some absurd like Woody Allen style taking the moose to the party or whatever. But like it was like meant to be like a real story, but he just made it up. It always feels like cheating to me. But it's like I think it does just it makes things more. Uh, it, it raises the stakes when something's true. Yeah, exactly. So again, I understand the impulse. Yeah, I'm trying to think if I've got any. I feel like I must have one that's just like complete fucking lies, but I don't know if I do. I mean, no. Yeah, I don't know if I do. Uh, no, I mean, we've never actually met before. Everything we've been saying about Bournemouth, that's all just made up. Um, I found Rory online. Although we've well, actually, <laughs> this is true. Right. But I feel like it... No, maybe it doesn't really sound fake. No, it's actually really boring. I'm not going to go into it. <laughs> I was just thinking about... I was just thinking my first day at Bournemouth because I got there before everyone else by about two weeks. Oh, really? And, uh, was living on my own first time I'd ever lived on my own and I went to get my bike tire fixed and I was like wheeling my bike tire up um some long road in Bournemouth yeah and this guy just came up to me and like punched me in the chest <laughs> as hard as he could fucking hell and then just like walked walked on and I remember sort of thinking like is this adult life <laughs> but it wasn't I didn't make it up but I remember like telling someone and sort of feeling a bit like they didn't believe me Oh, God. And uh, it was quite frustrating. I, I be- oh. Yeah, I believe that because that's the sort of stuff that would happen to me. Like, I feel like it happens to you when you're a teenage bloke. Like, people just randomly try and start fights with you or punch you. Or I've had that before. Like, when um, I was on a bus in Southampton when I was a teenager, and there was these two kind of guys next to me, and they were talking. They were, like, blagging about their fights. They're like, yeah, man. Like, when I... Uh, when I uh, when I punch someone, I I say jamming. That's like my catchphrase, jamming. And I was just like, what? Like Bob Marley in my head. And then I got off the bus. I was walking like to the library, and like two of them, one of them sort of kind of from behind curled around their like fist and like hit me on the side of the head. 
didn't really hurt and just shouted jamming and then i i turned to like sort of react or fight back and then they just they fucking ran down the street and i just was like that's weird that's mental because the guy that punched me in bournemouth did shout jamming just before he did it <laughs> but no like um I, yeah i've been jumped a lot mugged whatever you want to call it um and every time they always say or do something that you're just like what like they always say like they're always like oh do you know uh elizabeth and you're like uh yeah it just puts you off you're like oh uh, sorry and uh and then the punching starts oh all that classic thing of like you be my cousin or whatever and you're like what i don't even know who you're on about they'd make up some sort of cousin me yeah <laughs> Seriously, it's not me. <laughs> Start fucking begging for your life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I swear, I, I remember. Sorry, carry on. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, all I was going to say is I remember saying, someone sort of saying they were going to beat me up and to give me their, my, the, my money to them. And I was like, yeah, no. Just um, my mum's expecting me home though, so just kept saying that over and over like they were going to go like oh okay fair enough <laughs> if your mom's expecting you <laughs> they didn't didn't get any money off me though so I, try that i might i mean i feel like, i think i think this is true i can't quite remember if this is 100% true but i remember something like being like in a park or something with my friend and someone trying to start on me but because i couldn't like i kept being like what i didn't really know what they were saying I kept like being like, huh? Like I was just confused. And then they just like gave up and walked off. And then so my friend was like, oh, they're trying to start on you. I was like, oh, I didn't really, I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> I was just like, they were like, say something. I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm not, I don't understand, mate. I don't know. I don't know where the shop is. And they'll be like, I want to kill you. And I'm like, oh, I'm not sure. <laughs> it must be quite nerve wracking because it is one of those things where like, you know, if someone's trying to mug you, I suppose really they, 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 they want as little conflict as possible. Yeah. It must be tough when someone's just like, no. Yeah. But, I mean, I think it's, you know, I couldn't do it. I couldn't be like a a chugger. Do you call them chuggers here? Oh, well, the charity. Yeah. Yeah. No. That to me, is like the same thing as, as having the confidence to mug someone. Uh, yeah, I agree. And I. Not that they're, you know, I'm not having a, you know, it's charity, it's good, but. No, I know what you mean, like in terms of like, I mean, you have to. Co you're basically you're you're going up to someone and you have to convince them to give you money, even though they've never met you, possibly never heard of your charity. You're just a bloke in the street, and you're meant to just convince someone out of nowhere to be like, "Can you give us money every month?" That's harder than mugging. <laughs> yeah, they should just um, get an OnlyFans, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I do admit, like. Like those charity people have like made me feel really shallow because I know deep down, I admit this isn't good, but I admit this time, the only times when I've listened to them is where, when it's like, like an attractive woman and I've been like, oh, okay, I'll listen to your charity thing. But usually I'm like, leave me alone. So like, I am like, oh, I'm really shallow. Thanks for showing me charity. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they've got your number. Yeah. <laughs> You literally shit. <laughs> um, yeah i don't know i think people come to the door but we used to get a lot of people that came to the door um that like 
not with charities or anything. I mean, you get the guys that come to the door and they're like, oh, I've just gone out of prison and I'm like selling sponges and uh, dish soap. Oh, I haven't seen those in years. Which, yeah, but it happened a lot the last place I lived. Uh, then one day a woman came to the door and was selling her novel. What? And yeah, we bought it for like, it was like 15 quid and it was it was more like a pamphlet, but it was like, it was really mad. And I don't know, for some reason, I quite liked paying for someone's right. art. Even if she had just written it as a bit of a, like, guilty, sort of, you know, like, guilting you into it thing. Yeah. I was, it was quite enjoyable, and I don't know, I felt like, I liked that, because I felt like someone had made an effort. Whereas, you know, and my friend once, a guy came to the door and said he was raising money to get into art school, and this is in Scotland where university's free. Yeah. But he was raising money to get into art school and he did pencil drawings of like horses and she sort of was very excited about this and bought one for like 25 quid. And then I said, that's probably a scam. That's quite, it sounds like it's a scam. Yeah. And I felt so bad for sort of saying that. Yeah. You know, she 25 quid's not a lot of money for feeling like you're doing some good in the world. Really. Yeah, it's true. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, live and let live, I guess. That's all I'm saying. That's all I've really come here to say. Today. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, uh, Roy's here to, uh, to promote his charity, actually. Uh, save the... A cult. <laughs> you uh, uh, bring your own robes and uh, sacrifices are, uh, was it three o'clock until four on every Thursday? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's more, yeah, it's more just sort of like, I like to control young woman's diet <laughs> uh have you been watching tiger king no i i haven't everyone keeps talking about it have you have you been watching it can you fill me in yeah it's all right it's like um i mean it's about what it looks like it's about but but basically everyone who runs a sort of tiger sanctuary is essentially like an organized crime or cult leader right oh god um and there's one guy who literally like all the women and it seems to only be women that work at his sanctuary are like, they're like his sort of harem. And he changes their names and like controls their diets and they work sort oh of like, God. you know, 15 hour days and, um, and they get paid a hundred dollars a week and it's just mental. And, uh, it is just like a cult. It's exactly what it is. And then, then there's like this Carol woman who maybe fed her husband to the tigers and she's like sort of, she seems to genuinely care about the tigers, I think. Right. And then there's the Tiger King himself, and he's a bit more like... He's a bit more like... I don't know. He's sort of... Everyone who works for him is like an ex-con. Right. And they don't get paid a lot, but then it does seem like he's not... Um, well, he does have like two husbands who are like young men, one of whom was apparently straight before they got together. So he's sort of, he's sort of got his own like sort of sex cult thing but right. it seems a lot less controlling so he's sort of the good kind of the good guy although apparently he sort of tried to get the, the carol the woman killed ah. but we're not really at that point yet but essentially it's just about this mad um sort of criminal underworld um and it's worth a watch it's a bit it's like one of those netflix things where like every episode it's not very like consistent style wise uh, okay like, sometimes they do like reconstructions where 
they I think they they only do a reconstruction once, and you're like, I don't really understand why they've done this. It's like turns into thin blue line for like ten minutes, <laughs> um, and then the rest of it's just kind of talking heads, old footage, you know, people explaining what happened. But okay. yeah, pretty good, pretty good. That makes me think though, because I used to go to this Target Century in the Isle of Wight where I saw Chris Chris Packer once. So you telling me that maybe like that's secretly run by some uh, criminal organization? <laughs> it could. I don't know. I mean, it's America though, you know. Yeah. Like, they just don't have any laws about it. I loved going to Monkey World in Bournemouth. Uh, yes. And I think Monkey World's a good one because they've got a show about Monkey World. I think it's like a genuine good place, but yeah. Again, if anyone's ever near anywhere near Monkey World, highly recommend. I'm, I'm well, yeah, Monkey World. I was talking. I, I keep bringing that up. I'm like, I want to go to Monkey World again. I remember the Monkey World was great. I mean, it's great. Yeah, it's Monkey World. <laughs> it does what it, it does what it says on the tin. Yeah, it's a, a world full of monkeys. I mean, there's probably some apes in there. Probably some apes. Um, but other than that, it's it's pretty pretty monkey centric i wonder if that's the place where i saw there was a place where i saw this monkey really just like manipulated the zoo person like they like basically they were like pulling on this rope that was attached to the edge of the cage kept pulling on it to distract them they like brought loads of like treats but like you could tell they just did the whole thing so they'd like give them a load of treats to distract them like they just grabbed them and then some, some monkeys, some monkeys are just scumbags. <laughs> you know, I admire the gumption. You know, I'm really sorry that you had to see that. <laughs> yeah. I admire it. You know, if you're stuck in a cage, at least trying to make the best of it. You should you should put uh, like a number at the end of this episode if anyone's been affected by any of the issues <laughs> that have been discussed? I, just, I think that's just the responsible thing to do. Uh, I will at the end. I was like, if you. <laughs> If you've been attacked by monkeys, please call this number. I always felt a bit left over when, like, there'd be an episode of EastEnders, uh, left out rather, there'd be an episode of EastEnders that ended with, like, if you've been affected by any of the issues. Right. And I'd always be like, no. Like, I remember always really wanting to call Childline. Oh, God, yeah. And not really getting, I mean, obviously this is terrible because, yeah. But, like, kind of, I think because you kind of want to, you kind of want to be able to be like, yeah, I'm fucking calling child. I'm taking control. Yeah. Um, but then you're like, oh, I can't really call Childline because, like, my mum gave me the wrong type of fucking chicken nugget. <laughs> yeah. And then you realize, like, oh, actually, I'm all right. But I think it's yeah. also, though, as a kid. Really privilege. <laughs> as a kid, though, like, I think you don't really quite understand. And to, I think, like, one of those phone lines probably blends in the same as, like, those competitions they used to do on the end of, like, kids' TV. Oh, yeah. You know, you're like, oh, I, you know, I call in to win a free fucking mountain bike or whatever, so I might as well uh, do this one. I once, um, Hula Hoops had a had a sort of uh, giveaway thing where if you found a cross-shaped Hula Hoop or an X-shaped, and I found an X-shaped Hula Hoop in my Hula Hoop. No! I ran around the, the, the playground holding it up in the air like it was sort of, you know, uh, gold you like you found yeah, a golden like nugget on the world cup yeah and um everyone was literally like cheering for me and then i went into the school and said like oh i've just done this and da, 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 da. and then the teacher like looked at it 
and then called the number and it turned out it had to be red but mine wasn't red what it was the only x-shaped thing in the bag so i kind of went from like winning like it was like it was like 200 grand or 20 grand or something and i was just like oh i'm gonna buy a fucking playstation yeah yeah this i'm gonna you know basically it was blank check do you remember that disney movie blank oh god yeah I was going to have a fucking slide that went from my room into a swimming pool, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> and uh, it was all just taken away from me. Oh, man. Yeah, never really gone over that. Never really given... That's heartbreaking. Company. Like, why would they put crisps in there that weren't red? Just to fuck with people? Uh, yeah, I don't know, because I've always wondered if it was... Uh, if it should have been red and it was a mistake, or if it is a fake-out or what. But it was extremely upsetting. I am... Um, yeah, man. I mean, I had a similar thing. <laughs> I had a similar thing where in Cy- when I went to Cyprus as a kid, and um, there was this juice that I was obsessed with called I think it was called like Lanitas or something. This like Cyprian, like tropical juice stuff, and uh, there was a competition on it, and I took a load of it home with me, and I won like a I think I won a jet ski. Or something, but then I couldn't claim it because I was out of the country. I don't know why we didn't just give it to the people, like my family there. I'm not sure why, but I was very disappointed not to get my jet ski, Rory. <laughs> I, would, I mean, that would have been getting sold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, like a lot of um, a lot of those competitions, like you actually, like if it's like you win a car, quite often they say, or you can just have the money. Oh, really? And. Uh, yeah, I think people mostly take the money. Yeah, I just which makes yeah. I mean, why would you want? It's weird that it isn't just always money because, like, the money. I don't know if you knew this, but money can be anything. What? Uh, yeah, you can exchange money for goods and services. Oh my god! Um, yeah, and if you have enough, you can get. You can buy anything, mate. I've just been. Me. I've just been collecting it. I didn't know I could do anything with it. I just. I just put it in the cupboard under the stairs. I didn't know it had any worth well i thought this was just part of your whole brexit plan <laughs> the money <laughs> just i'm just uh just uh for case any listeners have been confused i do not support brexit uh <laughs> no he does <laughs> um, what the fuck is like that's mental isn't it like what's happening with that i don't even know i looked at the guardian this morning because that's the sort of person i am and um it was just it's just coronavirus I, scroll, I think I scrolled, I don't know how you measure the scrolling on a, on a news page, but like right. the headlines were literally at the bottom of the page. Oh. And um, and they were still half, half of them were about, half of them were just about coronavirus. So it's just all that's going on, mate. Yeah. Like, what's going to happen on Brexit? Oh. Julian Assange. Oh, uh, yeah. had two children with him while he was in the embassy, pleads for his release. I, okay. Why is in the, fucking hell. How so they let a woman in so you could have sex with her in the embassy like office or wherever he was. <laughs> Sorry, just that phrasing. They let a woman in <laughs> to have sex with him. And then like no, it's just really it's just a bit weird, isn't it? Like, because wasn't he in like a wasn't he in just like an office in the embassy or something? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. I don't, I, I know there's something you know we were talking about how you can buy things with money oh yeah <laughs> you, can, you could have bought paul mccartney's handwritten lyrics to hey jude for nine hundred and ten thousand dollars fucking hell i'm glad that money hasn't gone to any good causes <laughs> that is a lot of money for 
some scribbles. Yeah. Uh, what are even the lyrics? Fucking. Hey, hey Jude. Uh, hey Jude. Hey Jude. Hey Jude. Hey Jude. Hey Jude. Hey Jude. Yeah. Well. We all could have. <laughs> oh. Did you ever see that that Danny Boyle film about if the Beatles never existed? Oh God, no! It, did, it didn't look very. It looked pretty shit, to be honest. It, uh, have you seen um, it? It was not. I watched it on a plane, and I couldn't. I just kept skipping it forward. Yeah, it looked. It sort of had. It's there's a bit where Robert Carlyle is John Lennon. Oh right, and I quite enjoyed how funny that looked it didn't it didn't look bad but they made him look quite close to john lennon in a way where it almost looked a bit like they'd done that sort of like two-pack hologram thing oh uh, yeah like i don't think they did any cgi on him but there was just something about it that it was like slightly just like a little bit unnerving uh, um did they like de-age him then or something no 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 oh it was just Robert Carlyle. I mean, they might have literally just put a wig on Robert Carlyle and <laughs> some round glasses. But it might not have even been a wig. I don't know. I don't know what Robert Carlyle's hair situation is. But I've uh, I've once pissed next to Danny Boyle in the urinal. Was my, it, was, <laughs> it, was, it was fun. He seems like a very grumpy man. Uh but that's that's all I can. That's all I. I would see him every Sunday because we both were working weekends for some reason, and uh, yeah, on numerous occasions I shared a piss with 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 Danny Boyle. Um, I I spent a little bit of time with Danny. Uh, <laughs> when I was at the National Film and Television School, and he was really nice. Yeah, I don't know. I don't okay, know he did a thing where he made us throw beanbags at each other, which I quite enjoyed. Did he bring the? That was really about. Did he bring what? Did he bring the beanbags? Bean yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, nice. I think they were his beanbags. <laughs> um, but he was he was super nice. And you have to remember that Danny Boyle produced Elephant. Oh yeah, shit. So I feel like that just makes you sort of bulletproof. Um, he's. I think he's a good lad. I just think he's a good lad. I'm sure he is. I wasn't. You know, I didn't learn anything from him from the urination. To be honest, I don't know why you're being like this, Khalid. <laughs> I don't know why you're doing this. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think if he did anything. I think I remember him sort of uh, maybe not being a huge fan of Bill Douglas. Oh, really? He's a Scottish filmmaker that everyone should have a look at. Yes. But, um, that was a bit disappointing, but what can you do? Yeah, everyone go watch the Bill Douglas trilogy and then Comrades. Although it's not really sort of summertime watch, but they are amazing movies. Comrades is a summertime watch. Yeah, I suppose like more than half of Comrades is, is set during summer, and it's That's in true. Australia. It's lovely. It lovely, is lovely. Um, bit of dog fellatio. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's a good name for a grindcore band, isn't it? Dog fellatio. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh god. <laughs> Are you having a flashback to your old grindcore band? Is that what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like most famous people I've met have been in like at the urinal. Like I've not met them, but I've I've been in toilets with a lot of famous people. I um I once peed with Sting, which isn't I didn't mean I had gonorrhea, but I once pet pissed next to Sting, and people kept asking me if I saw his 
his stinger, his penis, and I feel like I should have I should have taken a look, really, shouldn't I? Well, I don't know because like <laughs> uh, I think Sting's whole thing isn't necessarily that his penis is big, but that his um Tantric. penis is a it goes for a long time. So to, the the question is, did he pee for a long time? Oh. It was it was quite it's a long a, pee. A tantric piss. It was <laughs> uh, He was floating as he pissed. It was very zen. Wow! Oh, like off the. I thought you said he was floating in his pit. <laughs> yeah, it's floating like a what's it called a um a deprivation tank, but like in piss. Have you ever seen um, Stuart Copeland, the drummer from the Police, made a film, and it's like him. It's sort of like a fictionalized documentary, I suppose, where he's going around the world learning about sort of drumming in different cultures. Oh, okay. And there's a. There's a bit where he's in like full head to toe, sort of like '80s cool new wave clothes, and he's just like literally in the Amazon, like chasing down the drum sounds. <laughs> and he like finds he sort of like finds a group of like an Amazonian tribe, and then they like smoke ayahuasca or whatever, and and like he freaks out. But the whole time he's just like in like a black hat, black jumper, black shirt, black trousers black boot <laughs> it's really weird it's definitely worth a watch i like Stuart copeland a lot but um i'll tell it out it's very it's, if it came out today there'd be there'd be some takes some twitter takes <laughs> do you remember the um i forgot what it's called but there was like a few years ago some documentary it looked quite self-indulgent and it was like it was i think it was like um jack white edge and like keith richards did like oh a, yeah um it's called like bigger than sound or something yeah and i remember like what seeing clips of it and it's like this is like jack white doing like complicated like string arrangements and like keith richard being like right this is how i made my own fucking amp and stuff and then like edge just being like i just basically playing one chord and then just a load of different pedals and then just that was all it is one chord and like 400 pedals and I was like, I don't, I don't think they should have invited Edge to this, <laughs> to this documentary. Never, never really wrapped my head around you two. Oh God, no! Uh, never really wrapped my head around the Rolling Stones either, though. So, but they have a couple of, they definitely have a couple of tunes where you're like, oh, this is, you know, like all the ones that are in Martin Scorsese movies, where you kind of, the cat, yeah. you know, they're kind of a catchy tune. Got to sound like an old person there. Oh, that's a catchy tune. Something you know what? Not like this modern music. Something you can tap your toe to. <laughs> You know, exactly. Not this, you know. I bring back Glenn Miller. That's why I say, Rory. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely bring back that guy. <laughs> uh, we should probably. Uh, I, I I feel like I've taken enough of your time to probably uh, wrap this up. Is there anything? Uh, is there anything I should have asked you that I haven't? No. Okay. <laughs> oh, I feel like I feel bad that we didn't get to talk about your cat on this recording um i mean i can give you a very quick rundown about him can you give me a rundown on on your cat vinnie who for anyone i might have mentioned this before but i i cat sit for vinnie once and i was lying in bed he's this is when he's really young and he got up and i was like oh this is nice and then he started trying to get milk for my nipples um which was a very awkward moment obviously i looked like his mum um <laughs> yeah i mean he's uh He's just a little ginger cat with a big fluffy ginger tail and he just sort of does his thing 
um, we were talking on the other recording about he's he sort of got like a an on again off again sort of oh yeah cat relationship with a neighbor cat and. Uh, it's not really that interesting. It's just a cat. I mean, it was interesting. Yeah, well, like you saying, like, is he like? He's got like, is he like the bully's mate? Like, is is his other mate like the bully cat? And then he sort of hides they behind sort him. Of switch. They sort of uh, switch positions a little bit sometimes. I think, but the yeah, uh, I think I think at the moment Arthur, who's the neighbor cat, is sort of the top <laughs> top cat. Yeah, I think if anything. At best, Vinny is a power bottom. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think I think uh, it's a bit of a fraught relationship. Arthur steals his food. Oh shit, man! Sometimes Vinny sort of chases Arthur out of the garden. But you know they're just doing their thing. Uh, I think right now Vinny is sleeping in dirt. <laughs> it's a fucking life, isn't it? I mean, but yeah, he just yeah. My um, so I would. I was doing like a, a pub quiz. I know we're doing like a sort of virtual pub with some friends uh, and our friend Cleo has got a cat and twice now during the virtual quiz, the cat has like caught a bird. And like last time it was horrific because we just heard like the bird screaming in the background, just once you have to like run off as the bird is getting murdered in the background. It felt like something from like Jonathan Creek or something like, yeah, you know, like there's just a murder going on. Like wh- wh- every time you make a reference, <laughs> I just am like, "What fucking what year is it?" <laughs> Jonathan Creek. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, it's quite upsetting when when cats. Vinny's killed a couple of like Robin. Oh babies, yeah, fuck. But apparently the Robins aren't very. Um, they don't. They're not very like defensive or something so he's not brought home anything bigger apart from like maybe a squirrel i don't think he killed that squirrel Uh, (laughs) he's definitely killed a couple of a couple of mice a couple of rats which i feel is okay yeah i mean that's what they're meant to do right yeah but uh but the birds you start to feel a bit like you're you know you're you're sort of killing the planet we're all killing the planet anyway. Yeah, it's true. Why? 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 Why should a cat like not be able to do it? We we're allowed to drive cars and shit. Cats should be allowed to do have some sort of carbon footprint. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am. Um... I think I would prefer it if my cat drove around in a little car <laughs> to to murdering wild life. I mean, it would definitely be cuter to see Vinny going around driving a little yeah. car. Definitely. Uh, um, what was I going to say? Uh, something about You're wrapping it up. I was wrapping it up. That's what it was. Yeah. Um. All right, mate. Well, let's let's leave it there. Um. Thanks for joining me, man. Um. It was a good chat. Um. Everyone, stay the fuck inside your house and um. Don't let a bastard grind you down. And let's do this again sometime. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye.